I mean, Mr. Fogel is the reason I I got into policy politics. Um, he's the reason I picked my major in school. You know, I studied business and political economy. Um, he introduced me to this world, and he did it in the best way possible. You know, he he was an exceptional teacher, an exceptional person, and I really hope we can do even anything to help get him back home to his family as soon as possible. You just heard from Matteo Graciosi speaking about one of his former high school teachers, Mark Fogel. 11 months ago, Mark Fogel was returning to Moscow, where he's an American teacher teaching at an international school, getting ready to embark on the new school year. However, he was detained by Russian authorities for possessing half an ounce of cannabis that was prescribed for his chronic back pain. Last week, he was given 14 years of hard labor in a maximum security prison, a punishment usually reserved for the most atrocious crimes, even by Russian courts. President Biden and Secretary of State Blinken are proposing a prison trade with the Russians, and while they're negotiating for two other Americans, Brittany Griner, a two-time Olympian, and Paul Whelan, an ex-Marine, they've excluded Mark Fogel from the offer. Fogel's case has been published in the Washington Post and New York Times, and his family is advocating directly to the White House for his release. We sit down with Matteo to talk about Mr. Fogel, his legacy, and the importance of bringing him home. Hi, my name is Hannah. And my name is Shreyas. Welcome to Everything's Not Okay. Yeah, um, okay, well, first of all, I want to say thank you guys so much for having me on and letting me talk about this uh, that, you know, means so much to me. Um, so my name is Matteo. I um, had Mr. Fogel as a teacher when I went to school in Moscow. Mr. Fogel was a teacher at the Anglo-American School of Moscow. Uh, and he was essentially uh, in the U.S. diagnosed with some sort of, uh, sort of chronic back pain for which he was prescribed medical marijuana. Uh, he brought some of that prescription with him to Moscow when he was, uh, you know, traveling back to continue his uh, teaching contract and got caught at the border essentially with these uh, drugs. Now, marijuana is still illegal in Russia, uh, even medical marijuana. It's not um, approved as far as I'm aware. And he uh, was basically held in custody for uh, about a year. I think he was originally caught in August. And uh, sort of the reason the situation has escalated is because a couple of weeks ago, he um, his trial like concluded and he was giving a 14 year sentence at a maximum security colony. Um, and because he's a U.S. citizen, because he had a uh, diplomatic visa as a member of the, um, like as an employee of the embassy, he, yeah, it's it's a really, really like unjust and tough position for him to be in because he is a, you know, 61-year-old man with a chronic back pain with a prescription for medical marijuana who is now serving 14 years at a maximum security Russian prison. He, um, you know, he can't talk to his family right now. They, they have him, they, they have him only writing letters to them. They haven't spoken to him on the phone or seen him for over a year. Uh, he, the letters have to be in Russian as far as I'm aware. Um, that could be wrong, but 
you know, I, I don't know how good his Russian is, right? And obviously it's all getting censored. And so it's a very stressful situation. He was my intro to politics teacher uh, in my freshman year in class. And yeah, he was a fantastic teacher, a better person. And it, yeah, it's, it's very tough to see him in, in this position. How long was he a teacher there? And do you have like any stories or anything to tell us more about what he was like as a teacher? How did he connect with the students? I couldn't tell you how long he was there, but I know that he was there for a while. He was there before I got to Moscow and he was there after I left. Uh, I wouldn't put him anything short of like 10 years. Um, yeah, he, he, I mean, he was a great teacher. He's always very, um, I don't know, I, he's very passionate. I remember he showed us um, one of his big things was like making sure that you vote and that like uh, he, he'd always make a bit of a joke out of it. But I mean, I'm definitely never not voting in my entire life. And it's because he uh, he he talked about it so much. He I don't know. He showed us some movies about it. It was a good time. He was one of those um, one of those people in school that always just like made sure we were in the right place. And I say this and I don't think I'm a standout case like I. I've talked to a lot of friends that I haven't caught up with in years uh, when the news of a sentence broke out and they all said something similar. You know, I have a friend who uh, who took his his other class and said, yeah, like I'm going to Berkeley because Fogel encouraged me to apply there. Like I have friends who he was the baseball, the softball coach at the school. And I have friends who said like he was my softball coach for four years and you know, like he's the reason I ended up, you know, making this massive decision or that massive decision. Everyone has a story or a perception of of Mr. Fogel um, that is that that he deserves essentially that he has gained by being an incredibly positive influence in all of our lives for as long as he's been a teacher. But it, it it's hard to encompass what Mr. Fogel was like in a story because it was never about the individual moments so much as it was about the the general like aura of positivity that he would put out as well as the I don't know sort of like constant stream of support and um just all around being like a supportive good figure that you know everyone could look up to and like feel good when they were in his class and yeah I don't know that's it's, it's yeah it's it's tough to see him in a position like this um when you were there were his family members also in russia or were they also in the states yeah his whole family was in russia um sam uh is sam fogel's his son is the only one i've ever sort of interacted with uh he was in the year above me in school uh we were never super close i mean for no particular reason you know just never really spoke to him um but yeah, I mean, they were all out there in Russia with him. I'm pretty sure they're all back in the States now. But it's, yeah, it's a, it's very intense. It, yeah, I, I can't imagine being in his family's position. It's a very difficult, difficult situation to be in, which is why we're trying to do our best, you know, to to get the word out. I'm pretty sure uh, his family actually started a, uh, a petition that's getting some signatures out there to try to uh, get the word out to, you know, our representatives that, like, this is someone that needs to, needs to come back. Um, yeah so to better understand the situation do you think something like this 
the 14 year maximum security would have been the same response he would have gotten before this Russia invasion of Ukraine and the US and the West just crippled the Russian economy using their sanctions. Do you think they're using this in some yeah. way? As a, yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. I think I think the 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 sentence he's been given is 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 grotesque and inhumane and way way longer than even what's reasonable under the worst assumptions. Um I think on his verdict it was established that he had no intention to sell or distribute this um the drugs. It was literally just for personal use under prescription which it seems so disproportionately aggressive. And I'm not even just saying this as an opinion, which is also an opinion I hold. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I just did some some Googling to see if there were any comparable cases. And um, in 2019, uh, before this kicked off, but very much after, you know, the, the Ukraine, the original Ukraine conflict started, in, which was in like 2014, um, before this recent wave, the... Um, there was an American woman called Audrey uh, Lorber. I'm not really sure how to pronounce her name, but she um, was 19 years old at the time of her arrest, was also attempting to import marijuana purchased in the U.S. into Russia on what I'm, uh, as far as I'm aware, is also a uh, like medical marijuana. She uh, was sentenced to... I think a fine of $250 and she was, uh, she was supposed to, she, I think she stayed in St. Petersburg, St. Petersburg for like 10, 15 days. And then, um, yeah, essentially her trial ended up with her having to pay a fine and then having to go back to the U S she had 19 grams of marijuana on her, which is roughly equivalent to what Fogel had on him. Now to me, right that seems like pretty blatant you're looking at on one hand 250 dollars and on the other hand you know a 14 year maximum security jail sentence um for a man who's you know already he's 61 years old he's chronic back pain um it's it's very very tough it's a very very tough sentence not proportionate to other cases that are similar to it and for me this indicates that it's a clearly some kind of political scheme uh that you know no one deserves to be involved in if you could make your case right now to president biden uh who's right now offering a russian arms dealer in exchange for two americans wnba player Brittany griner and ex-marine paul whalen and basically tell giving him your case on why mark fogel should be added to this trade what would you say to him other than you know repeating the fact that i think mr fogel is a fantastic person with an enormous heart and incredible capacity to teach and has made one half mistake, which is this, in a, you know, in his long career teaching in Moscow, um, that he's being punished with his life, right? Um, this, is, this is effectively a death sentence for him. And not only is he a death sentence, but he's caught up in something that no one deserves to be caught up in out of just you know the situation that he finds himself in by not doing anything objectively wrong grotesque immoral like he just lived his life and tried to live with chronic pain you know it's 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 the most innocent crime but th this is just so like out of line that 
I think it's imperative that, you know, the, the, like the authorities do something about this, like the, we, you know, obviously we've, we've actually been, um, a lot of his former students and, and family, friends, colleagues have been sending letters to um, Anthony Blinken, you know, Secretary of State to try and have him included in this swap deal or future swap deals. But uh, it's important that he, that he comes back and no matter the, the cost because no one no one deserves to pay like he's paying for something as innocent as what he did so you mentioned that you and former students as well as family members are pressuring anthony blinken as well as joe biden to include him in the swap but for students like shreyas and i who may not have any personal affiliation or just found out about this subject what are some ways that we can also be included yeah um what we're doing and what i think everyone should do is we're trying to raise awareness from people who have the capacity to make like effect change right and so we're sending these letters out to anthony blinken to make sure that he understands or or he sees that this is an important thing that that needs to be addressed uh we and and that's why we're doing it and that's what i think everyone else can do as well is find ways to raise awareness um right off the bat there are there's a petition going around which i'm sure we can include in some kind of link somewhere um that's gotten the last i checked was close to seven thousand signatures um we there's an instagram account at you know free mark fogel and honestly just like get informed and get the get the word out make people make people mad about this because this is this is enraging like no one no one should be in this in this situation rising tensions in u.s russia relations have increased concerns over the safety of american citizens in russia talks that putin's government may specifically be targeting americans as retaliation for recent ukraine related sanctions have led to u.s companies pulling employees Speaking to Mateo reminds us that although this conflict seems far away, there are still spillover effects that can be felt at home. To learn more about Vogel's release and to take action, we've included resources and the change.org petition in the show notes.